Welcome to Mox TV Talk, the podcast where we take a loving, longing look at TV and tell you this week, Chris Evans, no, not Captain America Chris Evans, has been named as the new host of BBC Motoring Program Top Gear, the BBC2 BBC Two breakfast radio host who has scores of fans throughout the UK and is a well-known car enthusiast, is expected to settle into the role well along with two yet-to-be-named co-hosts, though international fans particularly remain sceptical unless it turns out to be the actual Captain America. Then it'll be fucking hot. Since the dawn of time, man has searched far and wide for the best things on TV. What to watch. How to watch. Who's watching what. Free to wear this. VPN that. Plug in and listen to what other people think about what you are and are not watching. It's Mogs TV Talk, the podcast, with your host, Steve Mock. Joining me this week, a man who, according to IMDb, learned a little in college, so he moved to Los Angeles, where he <laughs> rode the MTV dollar as creator of philosophy and starred as Heaven's Bartender in A Very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. He's a comedian, writer, and co-host of the Dollop podcast with Dave Anthony and is soon to be touring Australia, dropping history truth bombs around the land down under from August. It's Australian TV royalty, Gareth Reynolds. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show, young man. <laughs> so wait, does it really say that on IMDb that I learned little in college? I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I had something to do with putting that up there, but I just have no recollection of doing that. So that's it, interesting. It's this wonderful little bio that I tripped over that just like basically, Gareth lived over somewhere. He didn't learn very much in college, so he moved to L.A. I mean, it's not not true, you know, so. It contains elements of truth. Yes, absolutely. Hello, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you, Nick. Just a quick history lesson for listeners of Mox TV Talk, the podcast. You're not Australian. You live in America town. I do. I live in America town, which is a town inside America where the national anthem plays on a loop and there's great Wi-Fi and chicken wings. And all of the waiters in all of the bars just walk up to people giving out drinks and going, kill me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, Amer- so it's exactly America town, <laughs> even down to that. Um, I live in the United States of America. I live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's it like that- living on the, uh, the mighty MTV dollar? Uh, you know, I mean, there's a good side and a bad side. I'd say the good side is that, you are uh, are making a show. You are in production on something. You're yes. very exciting. You're making money. I'd say the downside is that your your fate is fairly sealed uh, <laughs> at MTV. That you probably won't. Uh, this probably won't be the home for your show for long. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so that that's the downside. But, um, uh, unless you're that show that is hosted by uh, which Rob. which our show followed ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our show followed it, and uh, and our show did great. Our show like did really well, and still, like the problem at MTV is that that so many people are leaving and arriving, Mm. so there's just no consistency with who you'll be working with. So the person who loved your show and shepherded it through, by the time you're done, is gone, and a new person's in there is like, I don't like that show, and they're (laughs) like, No, wait, fuck, and then you're fucked. It sounds to me like you didn't have the prerequisite busty blonde bimbo. No, I, we didn't, you know. And, and I think the more I live in L.A., the more 
I'm getting less and less resistant to like, okay, you're right, let's just put her in then. <laughs> Can we add some tits? Yes. Yeah, I'll do all those things for years that I was like, no way. Yeah, this we, is not, that doesn't work. Now I'll just be like, principle. sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She is, she married a puppy. Perfect. Let's fucking go. <laughs> what did you are in the country that has made stars out of uh, people like U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, doesn't that really say everything? Mm. Donald Trump is legitimately running for the presidency. Um, <laughs> so, and it's not a movie. It's reality. Uh, yeah, no, we, we love, we don't, it's, to us, it's not about substance. Mm. You know, it's about train wreckery. How I big of a you. train wreck. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we celebrate morons, so we're just becoming bigger morons. God bless America. Yeah. That's right. Tearing up at the thought. Yeah, I know. It's emotional. It's right. an emotional thing. It's an emotional place. <laughs> Gareth, there's uh, a, a lot of news spinning around us. Do you mind if we talk about some of the, the TV news that's spinning around us? Sure, let's go. Mock's TV Talk. But first, the news. Friend of the show, Dan Illick, has been fired from Al Jazeera Plus after using some of the organisation's equipment to cut together his audition tape for The Daily Show. <laughs> I, I was going overseas and needed to get something down on tape before I went, and so I used the work studio just to knock it out, and I didn't think it would be a big problem, but when I got back from overseas, it was, he said. I literally bought a ticket for the lottery and got fired for it, but hey, that's showbiz. Wow. I'm not sure if you've uh, you've met Dan Gareth. He's a very yeah. funny guy that now at the moment is in America. He doesn't have a job, but had done uh, a bunch of kind of sketchy, newsy comedy show stuff uh, in Australia, so would it be a perfect fit? for The Daily Show, and had done some very funny things for Al Jazeera Plus. I'm torn by the fact that he got fired for, you know, sounds like he did a piece to camera and edited it and that sort of thing. Wait, what? so he he was working for Al Jazeera. So really the only problem here is that he used the equipment? It sounds like it, yes. That's just fucking nuts. That's right. I mean, given who hasn't, let's be fair, if you are working long hours for your company... And you go, oh, I've just got to get this thing done. It's yeah. not going to take me long. I'm not using any kind of consumable. It's just in that's, place. That's like the equivalent of like working for an accountant and just printing up a script you wrote for a dream, you know, just printing it up there. And You're fired. For that. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. It's, it's ludicrous, right? Have you ever done anything that, that like this that's – or have gotten fired for a stupid reason? Um, I've never really been fired. I mean, I've – I, I mean, I've had many, many weird jobs, but I always would like do them because I would just like try to do them right. Yeah. I one time uh, I was a temp for a little while, and um, and that job was that job felt like you kept getting fired every two days. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so it'd be like one day you'd be like, they'd be like, yeah, we just need you to empty all these boxes, shithead. <laughs> like, okay, you know, and then the next day you'd just be like. Okay, this is a cigarette factory. That's interesting, you know. <laughs> and tomorrow I'm working in a toxic waste plant. Yeah, who gives a shit? Uh, it's interesting. I, I have had, uh, well, you know, I've been fired in the past. Um, 
and, and the worst part, I work in IT otherwise, so I, I deal okay. with computers and all that sort of stuff and sensitive information. And uh, I haven't, I, I haven't sort of made any of that available or done anything untoward. Uh, I've just been fired because I'm a loud smartass that got up the boss's nose. That's, that's yeah. my problem. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, you're, uh, that's, that's good. That's a good reason to get fired. I yeah. should have been fired for that, but I was probably more just like, okay, I'll clean up that shit. <laughs> sure, kid, another balloon animal. Here you go. Oh, God, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like if they could see that under, like, the head of a costume character I was mouthing cunt, <laughs> then I would get fired. <laughs> I just was calculated. Beautiful. There's still more news, though. We did just discuss this, though. Donald Trump has announced he is running for president, making the Republican candidacy race even more crazy. Yeah. Eyes are now on the next season of Celebrity Apprentice contestants to see who wins to run as his vice president, a.k.a. first assassin. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of responsibility on whoever gets that. Let's, let's assume that, that Trump forms his own ticket and does get a vice president uh, sort of rolled into it. Who who is going to match that level of crazy? Who is going to stand next to him? Wait, that, it, who would be... Fuck. I mean, you know, he would need to go... Yeah, like, he needs someone... Like, I just wish Fabio was an American citizen, because he would be like, perfect. <laughs> like, you do need to just... But honestly, what if, when you... I don't understand how so many people are running for president and are going to run for president, for president in a long time from now. There's so many. How does nobody ever... How do we never think of having another political party? How does America never go like, hey, you know what? Maybe it's crazy that there's just two. Mm. Like, Canada has seven political parties. I'm sure some of them are insane. But still, I mean, you like, I would love to see Donald Trump and Fabio take it to the finish line. Yes. You know, oh, just as long as they don't cross. Yeah, just to get to fall over at the final hurdle so that we get yeah. all of the policy statements. We get the stump speeches. We get... And the crazy thing is I will still watch Celebrity Apprentice because that show is such a fucking train wreck. Yes, it's horribly good. It's so good. Uh, I, the thing that, that has surprised me, because we, uh, obviously, everything that America gets, we get uh, mostly, particularly the shit stuff. So we get all of the Kardashians and the Trumps and that, and that sort of uh, thing. Uh, I, I remember being addicted to, the, to uh, the Apprentice, and then the Celebrity Apprentice started, and the problem was for Australians, and, and look, I, I'm probably more connected to American television than most. I saw the list of some of these stars... Oh, yeah. And I just went, I don't even know who half of you are. It's great. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's great. That show is so bad. It's so delicious. Oh, it's it delightful. The, um, the thing that surprises me as much as anything is that when we look at, uh, like, it's crazy town. Not only is there, I think right now, about 16 people trying to nominate for president <laughs> to run as the Republican candidate. Yeah, uh, I think it's higher. Oh God! I think it's almost twenty. I think it's twenty or just under. That's that's ludicrous. The the, yeah. the funny thing was, uh, John Stewart came out and thanked Trump officially for making his last six weeks in the show his best six weeks. Um, given that, does, does John Stewart only have six weeks left? Yeah, it's a really short period of time. Wow, that's crazy. Um, as far as crazy political parties in well, in your motherland in in the UK, they've got. The, you know, the, the silly party, the loony party, the very silly party. They have everything yeah. under the sun. In Australia, we still have the main two parties. Yeah, uh, I know, right? 
but then we've got all this rise of what they call the micro parties. So yeah, there's a guy in our Senate. What that, what does it what does it take for a micro party to become a legitimate party there? Just uh, the correct number of signatures as far as uh, donors that are going to say we are part of this party sign oh, up okay. to hand. So you might I think it's 500. I could be very wrong with that. But 500 people have to be signed up as members for the party to be registered. How many people are in your government? 500 is, seems like a lot. There's a hundred and uh, I want to say 150 in the lower house. Okay. Uh, so they just need to get a third. Oh, no, you just need to get, uh, to win, you need to have, yeah, slightly over a third in that regard, or given that it's really a two-party system, um, you know, you've got to get 75, 76 seats to win. Wow. Uh, it, it gets tight, but this this one guy we've got in the Senate from the last election uh, is a guy called Ricky Muir, and he is for the Motoring Enthusiasts Party. Ooh. You'll never guess what their platform's about. Uh, <laughs> I mean, getting rid of bikes? I don't know. That's right, more cars. We want more cars. We yeah. want to make cars in Australia. We are enthusiastic about motoring. Well, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> seems pretty stupid. I'm not sure. Well, it, it's yet to play out. It's actually proving he must have got someone good near him because there was a lot of concern. This guy came off, like, unemployment benefits. Right. To, he went off unemployment benefits into the Senate. How does that happen? Because he got nominated as part of the party and... Who nominated? Uh, I mean, what? That, that is, I mean... It, you see, that, it just sounds like your, elect, your, your electoral government system is just a little more laid back. <laughs> Ours, there's no way that guy would get into the Senate. They would be like, this guy, they would find some bullshit, yeah. you know. Angle. He has to go and buy a... He's been sucking off the tit of the government for too long, some of that bullshit. Yeah, I think that has since played out. Uh, and because yeah. uh, he had to go and buy his first suit when he won to, uh-huh. wear to work, to wear to oh. Parliament. See, that's what th- those are the people who should be in fucking government. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's made the right decision, but, <laughs> but the, the, as far as his breakdown, I like what I'm hearing. Yeah, you absolutely. Know. Ricky Newman. You want a guy who's just buy, is buying his first suit to be in the government. Oh, it's, it's, we also have uh, a, a member of parliament who, when he was voted in, had just turned 21. What the fuck? That's, yeah. That should be a movie. <laughs> I think it's going to be the focus of The Distinguished Gentleman 2. Ah, lovely. <laughs> Wyatt Roy. He's not a black yeah. man, he's just very young. Yeah, perfect. There's one little bit of news left, Gareth, shall we? Let's. After 20 years with the Seven Network, journalist Chris Barth has announced she's leaving to explore new horizons. The host of Sunday Night and the Friday-Saturday newsreader for Seven News, Sydney, explained that she didn't want to say what if about life and was looking forward to the next challenge. During recent years, rumours of conflict between Barth and breakfast presenter Sam Armitage have led gossip columns in Sydney newspapers with one even suggesting the newsreader had been nicknamed Bath Vader. Wait, why was she called Bath Vader? Uh, allegedly, they didn't get on, and that uh, apparently Sam Armitage didn't like her very much. She thought that Chris she Bath was... very controlling. Okay, she's not tall. She's... She doesn't dress. Like I don't that. even know who she is. Well, I, I know who Chris Evans is. Mm-hmm. He's that, a bit of a penis. <laughs> yes, he is, uh, and that's fine. You're not not expected to know. But the, the interesting thing for mine is that. There has been over the last probably two or three years lots of this 
gossip coming from inside the network suggesting that these two women who are, uh, you know, considered stars, right? One reads the news and the other hosts the breakfast program, uh-huh. that they're at loggerheads. They can't even be in the same room together. It's nice that it's like a night and a day. Yes. You know? Or it's almost morning versus night. That's right. It's 11 o'clock. I can't go in until she. I know she's left the building. That bitch, yeah. I hate mornings, that bitch. Oh, it's so... Man, it's crazy. And I know that America specialise in gossip around all those sorts of things, particularly of late with discussions around, you know, Katie Couric leaving her show and then starting something else. And now, what's his name? Brian Williams. Uh, just making shit up about being in the news. Like... Yeah. Well, it's very funny when America gets upset that uh, somebody made up the news because you're like, all the news is made up, you dummies. Doesn't I, matter. Like, he, and his were – his. if you really think about why Brian Williams got fired, he, he did – he did let – like, he just lied about personal experience. We're talking about people who lie about, like, facts that get you into war. We don't give a fuck about them. Yeah. So Brian Williams said that somebody shot at his helicopter, and they didn't? Get the fuck out of here. Well, it's like the, the, the very funny, and this is excellent timing, Ricky Gervais is filming a, uh, uh, a movie for Netflix that's coming out next year that's basically around this Brian Williams premise. That it, oh, really? Yeah, this uh, famous correspondent, uh, I, think, I think it's Eric Banner, I could be wrong, but this, you know, you know he, he's out there on the front line of the wars and all of those sorts of things. And uh, he's not. He's actually delivering the crosses from his lounge room in uptown Manhattan. Uh huh. <laughs> like just that whole yeah no a special correspondent I think it's called. Uh, oh. It's it's going to be delightful. That's great. That's that's fun. <laughs> oh well, we get to push back and think. Oh, the news. That was that was an interesting thing. It's tough news is tough, man. Listen. Well, I you know it's not easy. A lot uh, of pressure. It's it's better than having somebody just randomly shout a date at you. I have to say. Yes, it is. That That is better. It's better like this. <laughs> it's much calmer. Gareth, just having someone shout while your neighbors downstairs are like, man, I hate this guy. <laughs> so, Gareth's got his loud friend over again. We yeah, Gareth and the loud guy here. <laughs> Follow Malk on Twitter at Malk's TV Talk. Gareth, at this point in the show, we get to test your knowledge. We get to see oh, shit. just what you know about your favourite show. In this case, the segment is called Pick a Box of Potluck, named after a couple of very famous Australian quiz shows. Uh-huh. Today, we've got five questions on your special topic, Mr. Show. Oh, see, I didn't know that this was going to lead to special questions. Mm, special questions. See, because I, I, my, it's my favourite. I would say it's the show that's influenced me the most. I've seen it a lot, but this, mm. will be, this might be tough. We'll see. Well, I'm excited. I like this. Your credentials are they're up for grabs. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Question one. Name the two core cast members of Mr. Show. Uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Oh, tick. Correct. See, it's very simple. All right. I like this. I didn't know how deep we were going to get. Oh, it gets not totally deeper, but we're going to dig our way in. Question two. How many Emmys has Mr. Show been nominated for? Oh, fuck. See, that's that's a much harder one. Um, <laughs> fuck, how many Emmys has it been nominated for? I would guess it got nominated for... Did it get nominated for a lot of... I would guess... I'll say two. Well, very close. Four. Four. So it's, that's it's, great. How many did it win? I would guess that it won none. Correct. 
Yeah. See, okay. you're at one and a half points out of two. All right, all right, all right. Byron, question three. What was the stage name of Bob and David's sketch comedy troupe before they started Mr. Show? Oh, shit. Um, I... Uh, I'll just say show. I don't know. What? Close. It was called The Three Goofballs. With a Z on the end. What? It was actually one of the mooted titles of the program when they were ah. pitching ideas. The, 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 the real gag around their name was that there are not three of them in the sketch comedy troupe, only two. Oh, uh, that's fine. And that the third was either missing because they had died uh, or they were off earning more money somewhere else. <laughs> okay, that's funny. I think Mr. Show was the right call. Yes. Question four. And there are many options in this, so you, you, you've got some, some chance to really claw your way back. Name three stars. I mean, I don't know if it's clawing time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if... I mean, am I, is, I don't know if... I'm, is it claw time? Well, you're one and a half out of three. You're not All right. Comments. I know where I'm at, but I mean, I, I just don't know if it's... You know, I mean, I, I, I'll, I can get out of this. I'm still good. Yeah, well, we'll see. It sounds very skeptical. Name three stars who have appeared in sketches on Mr. Show before they were famous. Uh, I will say Jack Black. Tick. Sarah Silverman. Tick. And, um, who's another famous person? Oh, I can never remember that girl's name is on 24. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, I'll give you half of uh, that. Her name is Sarah. It begins with a V or something. Fuck. Uh, I'll think of someone else. Um, how about... Shit, who's a third? I mean... I'll would John Ennis count? Okay, yeah, give me a hint. SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, uh, right. Um, fuck! What is his name? His name is... Fuck, I, I need to claw my way back. His <laughs> name is... Tom... Oh, Tom, uh, Tom begins with an H. Tom, what, Tom what? Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny, that's it, fuck. I'd say you got it. Look, what's her her name? Sarah? Uh, Well, there's Mary Lynn, I'm going to... Mary, Mary Lynn. Mary Lynn Rice Cub, I think. She was Chloe. Mary Lynn Rice Cub, that's what I'm thinking. She was Chloe on 24, and Scott Adsit as well. Oh, yeah, right. So I'll I'll give you the full three points. Jerry Minor, also Jerry Minor. They're, they're seriously the 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 alumni for for Mr. Show is Wrong. quite sizable, you know. Yes. So very very. Paul F. Tompkins. Please, if you don't mind, yeah. and we get to throw a whole bunch. So I'll give you the full point on that. So that brings you up two and a half out of four. Okay. You can bring it home. You can bring it home with this one. Okay. Okay. Question five. All right. What is the name of the straight to video Mr. Show movie? Uh, it is called Run, Ronnie, Run. Congratulations! Woo! Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Yeah. That's all right. Well, Perfect. that's not hard at all, really. No, no. I just, I thought it, but not easy. There's not the, not the easiest. Why is Mr. Show uh, such an important influence for you, Gareth? Uh, I think, I think, I, I'm not sure what, well, I think part of the reason is that Mr. Show is genius. So, mm-hmm. so right off the bat, what they did was they made uh, the best sketch comedy show of all time. 
what they also did was they connected sketches. So instead of just watching a sketch show like you normally would, you know, this had a continuity to it yeah. that was sort of its own. There was it was almost like so there were jokes like nobody had ever made transitions jokes. So all of a sudden it's it's got that. But I think also it was just at a time in my life when I really didn't know what I wanted to do at all. Yeah. And I think that sort of kind of gave me the nudge in the direction of like, you know, when I went to college, I wanted to do like I'd done a lot of improv, but I wanted to do like sketch comedy. And that, mm-hmm. you know, really started writing. But um, but really, it was just that it was it was just so fucking funny. I mean, yeah. it really it, and it was smart. It did. It did a lot of like smart, sub, subversive shit. That was. It, it just made me want to be funnier. Yep. No. <laughs> it, it, in fact, well, I, I've enjoyed the bits of it that I've seen. That's a show that hasn't necessarily made it across the ditch in its yeah like, formal sense. Well, and some of the things that are on there, it, it's funny how time changes things. Like some of the things on there are not as funny as I remember, but the things that hold up, which is probably most of it, the things that hold up are are just amazing. And I hear they're they're doing some they're doing more episodes. Yes. And uh what I hear is that it's fucking hilarious that it's just as funny as it's ever been, if not funnier. Well which is awesome, right? They got the band back together. They've got a lot of those same core writers together. They're, yeah. They're working hard to do funny stuff and, and straight away, because of now the profile of both of Bob and David, yeah. they're gonna get more money. They're going to have the oh, opportunity yeah. to make a bigger, better thing. So. Well, and I think, you know, like, for instance, like the family guy, right? Like the family guy was on for a while, got canceled, then got brought back. Yeah. And and did well. So it'll be interesting to see what, like, after time of people probably having more time to appreciate it, more people learn about it uh, to see how embraced it is. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's um, It's a fun show, people. If you haven't seen any of Mr. Show, there are excerpts of it all over YouTube, certainly worth checking out. Uh, If you are a fan of Bob Odenkirk from either Better Call Saul or from Breaking Bad, uh, this is not that. This is, like, there are elements of comedy in what Bob does in in the two dramatic shows, but this is just straight up wacky fun shit. Yeah, this is just hilarious shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Malk's TV Talk, the podcast. Gareth, relax. I know you are. It's, yes, I am. I mean, look at me. An opportunity for us to learn a little bit more about you and your influences. Okay. Uh, as we settle into couch time. Oh, I'm on the couch. Should I put my legs up? <laughs> yeah, I'll put my legs up. Oh, at least, uh, oh that's nice. For those uh, listening at home, Gareth has reclined on the couch uh, in a way that is respectful of the analysis that's about to take place. Yes, thank you. Gareth, what are your earliest TV memories? As far as a young boy growing up, what, you know, what did you like to do and watch? How did it fit in? Well, I, when I was a kid, my mother always tells this story about how I, um, I, would, get, I would wake up at like 4 a.m. forever until I was like 10 and I would just sit in front of the TV and I would watch Nickelodeon, just kids stuff. Mm. Uh, but I think like as a kid, the show and, and this wasn't like a new show, but for some reason I really loved the show was I used to watch the show, the monkeys, oh. um, you know, which was about the band, the monkeys mm-hmm. who was sort of a, a 
put together band that had a TV show right away. And then through that actually had some good music. Like Mark Nesmith was a great musician, but I just like, I just loved it. I don't even know why I loved it so much, but the monk, it was just, they had a laugh track. So even if they were in the middle of New York City, you could still hear, you know, but that didn't bother me. And, uh, they just, it was just dumb little plots. I've rewatched some of it and I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know? But, um, uh, but I loved it. I remember when, even when my dad was like, put a rule on, he said I could only watch an hour of TV a day. Uh, I, he, I remember so clearly one time him being like, you've seen this episode of the monkeys. You have an hour of TV a day. That's what you want to watch. And I was like, yeah, bro. I want to watch fucking monkeys. <laughs> Look, they, um, people say yeah. they monkey around, Gareth. Yeah, they do. They do. And, but what they don't know is they're too busy singing to put anybody that. Put anybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I don't know, I don't know if there was a shit, like, that really hit me at an early age. And then, um, after that, I think I, you know, I still always kind of watched stuff that was from another time. Like, I watched, I would watch, like, Taxi and Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those, you know, those were shows that had been off the air for probably, like, ten years when I was, at least when I was watching them. Um... But yeah, I always loved sitcoms. I really did. I, I mean, I think sitcoms were bigger in that time, but I also think that I, I just loved them. At an early age, that was like the laugh track soothed me, or <laughs> whatever it was. Oh, so then if we bleed into that, I'm very much a, an, a product of uh, 80s American sitcoms because that was about the time that they started to really appear on screens in Australia. Yeah. So I'm talking yeah, your different strokes, yeah. uh, your punky Brewster. Your... Uh, dude, I had dinner with Punky Brewster once because I did something with her husband, and I was in love with her. And she was just the she was still beautiful, and she was the sweetest. And I was like, ah, uh, I was just like in my head, I was like, ah, oh, Punky, Punky, yeah. Punky Brewster, man, Soleil Moonfry, yeah, yeah, Soleil Moonfry, yeah, oh. yeah, wow, married with kids. It's like Winnie growing up from the Wonder Years, right? Like, mm-hmm. when you see her now, she's not only hot, she's incredibly brilliant. Like, uh, yeah. I, Punky, Punky Brewster was for sure my first crush. Yeah. I was like, it's happening. I was like, this will happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I don't think I've ever fully let go of the idea. Mm. I don't think you should. Stacked against me. Oh, yeah. Well, there's always the robot girl from Small Wonder. Um, yeah, but just not the same. Her <laughs> socks matched. It's true. Tracy yeah. Gold from Growing Pains. Um, you know, baggage. Lots of baggage. Oh, all of the girls from um, Degrassi. Um, I'm a cup of Joe. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's Soleil bust. Yeah, I, I have to admit that it was uh, Dana Plato from Different Strokes that got my... Oh, uh, she got, yeah. My young growing heart a flutter. Yeah, she probably created some Different Strokes of her own. <laughs> for you. It takes Different right? Strokes to move the world. Yes, it yeah. does. Yeah, of course. Sad. <laughs> what was the place yeah, of TV that's... in your household growing up, Gareth? What was the place? What... Yeah. In that, was it something that, like you mentioned, your dad said, you know, you can only watch an hour because I've got to watch my sport or my news or mum always uh-huh. serials or what? Uh, I, you know, the TV was extremely infu- influential in my life. I mean, I it was all I did was watch TV. I mean, it, that was why there was a limit put on it that eventually I broke. Um, you know, I would why I just 
I don't know, man. I just was wa- I just would watch a lot of comedies. I think even today, like when I'll work on stuff, there, there's still things I love. There's still comedies I love, and I, I just don't really watch a lot that's super relevant when it's on. <laughs> uh, it it kind of like it takes me a while. Like, um, so I, you know, so, so but I still and people that I'll work with know that, but I still will be able to reference mm-hmm. things so many because I just when I was a kid all I did was watch movies and watch TV yeah that was all that I did so um, it was it was amazingly important it was a distraction because I think my my parents didn't like each other and it was a it was just all I fucking did <laughs> and, and that's exactly right it was the perfect time for escapist television as a kid wasn't it because yeah. you had these perfect families portrayed on television where stuff might have gone awry but by the end of the episode everyone was back together and loving each other yeah and again I mean that you know it is it's it's just like when you watch a movie from the 80s and the unbelievability of it you're like why do I not digest that anymore <laughs> why did I for so long go like this is totally normal for a guy to fucking rotate his car on the freeway and be like, you know, get motion sickness. Like, that's totally acceptable <laughs> yeah. to see in a movie, and that's fine. And then now you're like, well, why wouldn't? But, yeah, it was a very nuclear family, very sort of soothing, comforting yeah. environment. You know, That's right. Why do we believe uh, that um, – uh, oh, I had the perfect example. It's gone. doesn't matter. I was just going to make a very bad Jurassic World joke. Um <laughs> Do you have a favorite TV theme? Like the song that you just go, oh, yeah, I know all the words to this, or it brings me back to a special place? Um, I would say the Fresh Prince of, Bel- Prince of Bel-Air. If, I, I just wish Will Smith left Hollywood just right around six degrees of separation. <laughs> he, was, he was just such a great... But, but uh, I used to love that, but I would also say, like, um, you know, Full House... The mm-hmm. family members are ones that I know. Uh, I can't. Oh, Growing Pains. Growing Pains is Growing Pains is terrible, but for some reason I fully know that one. Do you know that one? Um, if you started it, I would remember it. Show me that smile oh. again. Show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying <laughs> with or with. It's real garbage. And yeah. they're just showing like picture frames, you know. But this is, that's because the reason why the Growing Pains theme song is such garbage is because it wasn't an Alan Thick. it wasn't his theme song. Now, let me tell you a story. Hmm. I, one time, this is how fucking weird LA is. I, one time, a good friend of mine, this guy named Ben Glebe, who now actually hosts this show, uh, this game show in the States called Idiot Test, he, he texts me and he's just like, Hey, will you come to Alan Thicke's house tonight to test out a game show? (laughs) (laughs) And I go, uh, yeah, yeah, I I believe I had plans and I believe I canceled. (laughs) And, um, and so I, we went to Alan Thicke's house and he has this great house and there were all these enormous breasted women there and it was very weird and Alan was there and he's very like engaging, like very, like big dude, but it's his world you're living in, it sort of shit. Yeah. And then he takes us into this room, and um, and we test out this game show. And he wanted me, he wanted me and Ben to be like the contestants, but me and Ben were just being funny. So then he invited us back the following night to be kind of like quirky <laughs> panelists. Yeah. And then you know, and then we we emailed 
like four emails total or something, you know? And that was that. Um, oh. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it just, I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> well, it's crazy. I remember hearing, I think it was Charlie and Will talking about it on Tofop, that Alan Thick was uh, a noted theme song performer and yeah. writer oh, before yeah. Growing Pains. Yeah. And then he becomes, you know, the, the dad. Um, and But at that point, he, he, he didn't do the title for that. Yeah. He must have been insulted. Oh, attention plus. Yeah, for sure. Mind yeah. you, Mike Seaver. Mike Seaver wouldn't take that sitting down. No way, man. He would sit that guy down and explain in a rational and uh, caring yeah. manner how he felt. Uh, Actually, Mike Seaver was Kirk Cameron. I forget. Oh, what he was name. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's it's so low on my priority list. I am um, <laughs> I, the Full House theme song gets me every time when I hear it. Um, have you ever Have you ever Googled Have you ever seen the alternate Full House intro? No. Because, okay, so what they did was, and I'm not sure the exact story of this, but they basically, they must have shot the pilot to Full House two times with two different actors. You know, you know how when you've, you've seen the footage of Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly? Yes. Right? So it's like that. It's that sort of eerie, like, alternate, like, what the fuck am I watching thing. You can see the alternate Full House intro with this other actor, this guy named Danny uh, Piedmont or some shit. Um, a guy who is familiar, but he's not like Bob Saget yeah. successful. Um, and it's pretty eerie because it's a shot. It's shot for shot the exact same intro. Wow. You know. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'll Google that up and I'll put it in the show notes. Make sure yeah. you watch the full. Watch. There's a full one. There's some that are short. There's the full intro. You can find it somewhere. Oh yeah. No, I will track that sucker down and we will get to witness. Uh, I'll see if I can find both so that we can then kind of watch it in parallel and just go, that is creepy. <laughs> and play the dark side of the moon, man. <laughs> That's right. Open a Stargate in your home, man. Oh, man. Um, the other one that I loved as a kid was Family Ties. Um, loved. Family Ties was, a, I would say, a big influence show as well. The, that was The theme was beautiful. Um, yeah. And, and it, it wasn't quite, like it wasn't your Brady Bunch style theme that set up the entire... Uh, you know, premise no, of the moved, show. we moved past those at that point. But it still gave you enough of a context along with the images to know that, you know, the parents were... How, his, did, how did that one go? Um, oh, now I've got... Oh, I've got the stupid growing pains See, ones in my head. Yeah, I have like four different ones floating in my head. I can't... All I, I have in my head is well, Sha-la-la-la right now. Yeah. Well, that's the same for me every day, but... <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere I go, it's all I, everything I do, I just feel like, sha la la la. I just pay, like, I, I put money in the bank. Sha la la la. I tell the dog to sit. sit sha la la la. Yeah, that's yes, all that. Sit. Good dog. <laughs> uh, like, like, I remember it like it was yesterday. All I've got is, as long as we've got each other. Yeah, that's yeah, face. No, it's, it's similar, but it's, it's in the neighborhood. I bet we've been together for a million years. That's it. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I bet we've been together for a million more. What's the chorus? Like somebody do on the night we kissed. Uh, Give me it. What would we got... do, baby? Uh, without without love. love. And the what nice... would we do, yeah, baby? Without love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. And there ain't no laughing. We can't pull each other through. What, what will we do, baby? <laughs> well done. 
without sha la la la. Well done. <laughs> oh goodness me. Well done. Simpler times. Good reach. Good reach. Um, yeah. We should we should go back to the fully expositional intros to a show, <laughs> you know, with <laughs> like if we could just do that for like transparent <laughs> and stuff like that. If we could just go back with like super complicated, complex, Breaking Bad. That's right. Whatever happened with you had lung cancer and all of a sudden you started selling meth? <laughs> we need killed to get a lot of people to... and they were all really bad guys. <laughs> yeah, but like season six of Breaking Bad, the intro is like eight minutes. It's just like, so then he created a new identity and shaved his head. And now people don't refer to him as that anymore. He's got to poison this bitch. This guy's his friend, or maybe it's not anymore. <laughs> his brother-in-law's a cop who's going to chase him down. Don't worry, that brother-in-law's gonna die. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la. Sha-la-la-la. It just makes everything better at the end. It's, uh, yeah, at the end, like, well, that was a roller coaster. I feel better after the sha la la las That's what doctors, if they're delivering bad news. <laughs> uh, about two months. Anyway, I'll get out of here. Sha-la-la-la. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la. I'll, I'll leave you guys to grieve. Yeah. Mr. Reynolds, you're uh, you're being audited by the IRS. Shalalala. God damn it. Oh, yeah, all right. Well, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I was bummed, and then I had the shalalalas. <laughs> so, as a boy, you know, sitting... Uh, where, where did you grow up? I, I want to say Wisconsin, but that's not right, is it? That is right, yeah. I grew up in a, a small town called Brown Deer. Nowhere near where the Green Bay Packers were. Um... No. But, you know, we love what we love, and people can't describe it. But I still, but I have a tattoo of the Packers. I still love the Packers. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, thank you. That's so, it. A boy growing up in Wisconsin to now, you know, you're living in, in the dream factory. You're living in the place where it's all made. <laughs> well, it's also the nightmare prison. So you can look at it, uh, <laughs> you can look at it a couple of ways. But yes, it, it is. Go ahead and ask your question. I'll stop. Uh, oh, no, no, it's fine. I was just going to ask, for you, is the aim still nowadays, is it uh, I want to get my own show or I want to be writing on a show or is it, no, my, my focus is stand up and I really just want to make that sing or, no, no, I've got this other great show idea like uh, Philosophy where it's some guys that something, something. Like, what's your what's your aim for First of all, now? nobody should call Philosophy a great idea. <laughs> it was a serviceable idea. Um, no, it, uh, you know, I think the dream has always been, and I was, you know, have worked a little bit in film, but I've always stuck with TV, mm. and I don't know why, even when, you know, because it seems like now TV is a better way to go, but I, I want to, you know, I have a writing partner, and it's really about getting this, um, you know, the a show fully expresses, I think, our comedic voice or mm-hmm. or whatever version of that properly, which hasn't been done yet. We had a travel show um, uh, on the air for a short amount of time that was really fucking funny, and, you know, it just wasn't, the timing wasn't right. So the dream is still to get a, a, sh- a show that I'm proud of on the air. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I, I think, while philosophy was... A show that w- it was great uh, to do and met a lot of great people and and stuff. It's not that was more of a panel show. So you are you are writing, you are creating, but it's yeah. not like 
you know, I think when you're when you're really writing stuff where you've created a specific world, you know, you think of any shows that people really love. It's when you're actually in that specific world writing this stuff and and it, and you know it's good shit. Um, it's to make that that and have people have an opportunity to receive it. You know. Yeah. That's the dream. So what what do you enjoy? watching now and and also as an extension of that is it research is it for for relaxation um you know i guess uh, it's strange i don't watch necessarily too many scripted shows i i think i mean it's kind of like what i was saying like i don't you know i'm not the person who's necessarily caught up with stuff i will say uh there was this show last man on earth that uh came out this year on fox in the states i don't know if you've had access to that yet but but that show has Will Forte in it and is just so different than most shit you see on the air here. It was very refreshing to see. Um, and I, I watch a lot of Seinfeld reruns and, uh, <laughs> I love John Oliver's show. Um, yes. I like The Daily Show. I love, I've expressed on Will Anderson's show many times, love anything Gordon Ramsay does. Yes. Um, but yeah, as far as like, you know, the, my favorite, most recently scripted show was Last Man on Earth. Okay. Um, and then, outside of that, it's mainly Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go looking for Last Man on Earth. I don't think that has officially made it to Australia yet. Um, yeah, it's a great show. It may have found it via other methods, but I'm I'm keen to, to suss that out. That would be excellent. As I agree with you on Seinfeld, eminently watchable, even today. Um, yeah. It, it's just even, a funny show. Well, I you know, that... that and I think that show was, you know, almost like the sitcom Mr. Show for me because I was really watching it in those years when you're like, you know, you're, it's, and I, and I think, you know, you're just, you're watching something done so well mm. and so funny. I mean, how do you not want to learn every ounce that you can about that shit if you want to be creative in a world similar to that you yeah. know that's why it's like to me you know I, and that's kind of like i don't watch necessarily a lot of comedies that are out right away but i can tell you any fucking characters on seinfeld <laughs> <laughs> and i know that show inside and out and i think it's definitely it's a helpful you know my brain isn't full of like facts it's full of <laughs> seinfeld references it's full of these themes from TV or film, that's what yeah. is jammed into my fucking head. You know? Look, if, if they need to put people onto some form of arc because a, a meteor is coming to, to destroy the world, uh, I think you and I need to go on just for our sheer pop culture knowledge. Nothing else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're going to want someone who can play Trivial Pursuit. When you're going to be die, like you're going to be in a bunker, we're all going to be playing Trivial Pursuit. You're going to need someone to get the pink pieces of pie. Yep. Period. Yeah. Period. You're going to want someone, you know, badly, you know, singing the tunes to songs that were themes from years ago that no one remembers. Let me, let me, let me give you two versions of something. Yes. Okay. This is this is inside of this is inside of whatever underground biosphere we're we're now living <laughs> in, and you and I have chosen. Yes. Okay. But this is the version where we haven't been there, and this yes. is what you hear, ladies and gentlemen. There's 65 of us. We understand that we had to make some tough decisions, but everyone you've loved and everything you cared about, if it's out there, it's dead and it's gone. Or, okay, this mm. is when we're there. Ladies and gentlemen, we understand you've just been through a tough time. There's only 65 of you. 
What we need you to know is everything out there that you've loved and you've cared about is dead and gone and not coming back. Sha-la-la-la. <laughs> you tell me which one's better. That's oh, why we got to be in. That's right. And at 3 o'clock this afternoon, there will be a two-man recounting of the first season yeah. of Seinfeld. Yeah. All right. I'll see everyone at Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> I was going, oh, that guy again. That's right. They would kill all of the Trivial science. Pursuit, and, this guy. Yeah. They would yeah. kill the science and history sections. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. The bloody you got to get pink to get into the middle to answer the final question. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. They don't appreciate it. I it, just reflecting on your you know shows that you you've missed or you 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 viewed after the fact and those sorts of things. I have a confession to make, and okay. that is that I missed Parks and Recreation, uh, probably the first three or four seasons when they were playing out in the first instance. So I've I'll do you one better. I've never seen Parks and Recreation. Really? Yeah. Not interested, or it's just never hit your radar? Uh, it just... It, I, I think I watched it when it maybe wasn't the show it became, mm-hmm. and it just never really interested me after that. I have heard that, because my re-watching of it has been uh, that I caught some episodes on a plane, I thought, I'll check this out, you know, I've got a little bit of time, and I just in- I gorged. I watched all of them, and then yeah. got to the States, I just watched as many of them on Netflix as I could. Um, but I didn't I didn't do it in order. I was just kind of randomly watching stuff. And people said, yeah. yeah, don't watch season one. It's season two when it really became its own thing. Yeah, which I think is, I probably watched season one. I was probably like, fuck this. And then I've just had that bias in my head. I think, you know, when I watched the English office compared to the American office, there was such a, a difference for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know. Which I is your preference? The the English Office, mm-hmm. yeah. completely reasonable. I I love the English Office. I loved what it set up. I also liked the American Office and the character development and the relationship stuff. That came Steve Carell was great. Mm. Um, yeah, when that show lost Steve Carell, that show lost a lot. <laughs> it sure did. Yeah, and they still pushed tough. on. They still pushed on for two seasons, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, then then they became a show about a love. You were like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, real weird. How do you watch your stuff nowadays? Is it, I'll sit down in front of the television and watch what is broadcast at the time, or is it more, hey, I've got Netflix, I'll watch Hulu, I'm on Amazon, I'm everything but? Uh, well, I'm definitely a dvr uh, but yeah, I think Netflix, you know. I mean, really on Netflix, I watch, you know, I, I really, I, I really just don't watch a lot of scripted shows. Yep. You know what show I love? It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, as far as original Netflix shows, I haven't watched too much, you know? Yeah. So I guess I would say I'm still a bit of a traditionalist, but I still probably go to TV, you know? I'm still one of those people who's like, got, got to DVR it when it's available. Right <laughs> away. You know? That's totally reasonable though. I mean, in Australia, we've only just this year, um, officially got, Netflix. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I couldn't fucking believe. Like, I could when I was there, someone told me that, and I was like, my life without Netflix here would have been much different. Yes. You know, I mean, not that I just, you know, what it's like when you're in another country with TV. I, you watch a little bit of it, but you're not necess- You're not like plugged in. You don't really know <laughs> what time a good show comes on. You're kind of at the will of the moment. Netflix, man, fuck. When I was there, I just all I did was watch Netflix. Yes. Well, welcome to our country. Here's something that you could have seen when you were at home. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bingo, yeah. That's that's that American spirit transferring over there. That's right. Had you watched television, you might have actually known who Chris Bath was. Well, listen, fuck you. I, I learned about mole. <laughs> well, when you do get over here, we'll, we'll have to make sure that we subject you um, to some of our great Australian television. And I do use that yeah. very loosely because um, there's very little yeah. of it that is great. Like America, it's just that per capita, you've got way more stuff. So, yeah. you know, you'll get more crap, but you also get more good. Whereas in Australia, we don't get much good. The crap really starts to stand out. Yeah, listen, I mean, we are crap, so welcome. Oh, we've just had our first series of Married at First Sight. Um, it's just finishing uh, Monday, uh, podcast time. That, yeah, I mean, that show's insane. It is. We've already had someone break up. So we've only got three couples left. That, that, is that an American show, though? I think it's out of the Netherlands. Like, they were oh, okay, Denmark yeah. Originally. Yeah, it'll be here in no time. But, I mean, that's just fucking insane. Oh, the, well, the good news for you guys is that you've already had a season of Married at First Sight, and a couple got married. I think a couple of couples got married. And the latest news is that one of those couples uh, are now breaking up, and there's a restraining order between the, the girl and the guy. Hey. Well, at least that first sight was true. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you've got to go with your gut on these things, right? Yeah. I mean, if, it's got to be funny to think of a producer being like, a restraining order? Oh, sweet God. <laughs> sweet God. Could you have done it when there was a camera around, please? Yeah, yeah. Ah, I thought it was going to work. Yeah. Not surprising that system. Not effective. <laughs> oh, man. It's Not effective. Get all your TV news at MulksTVTalk.com. Well, yeah. Gareth, thank you so much for joining us on Mulks TV Talk, the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're very thank generous. You. Fun to walk down, walk down memory lane. I'm very generous? Yes. No. Yes. Oh. oh, stop. So how... Stop. Okay. How can... Oh, no, no, go ahead. Keep going. That's all right. right. You're an amazing person. Stop, I can keep going. <laughs> you can kick, uh, kick a ball like nobody's business. It's true, right? Yeah. Yeah, I really can't kick balls far. Yeah. Uh, people can find me uh, at Twitter or on Instagram, at Reynolds Gareth. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Listen to The Dollop and listen to Point versus Point, my other podcast. And, uh, yeah. It's important that's at this it. point, we, we do need to quash another rumor that is doing the rounds. Your first name is actually Gareth. Yeah, yeah. Is that rumor still doing the rounds? That's good to hear. Well, uh, I, yeah, um, my name is Gareth, and uh, it's a Welsh name, and that's my name. Yep. <laughs> All right. So if anybody thinks something different, you're wrong. Mm. Stop. Okay. Yes. All right. Great. Australian listeners, uh, it, it, it's still to be finalised. However, they are in the death throes of organising. The Dollop are coming to Australia and doing a national tour. I believe. Yes. Which will be yes. wonderful. Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. Uh, I believe. Thank you. Talk- Thank you for saying it properly. <laughs> there's talk of um, Hobart, Adelaide, Perth, even possibly Darwin. I believe. I don't know that. There's all sorts of things, but I will keep you apprised. As will the guys on the dollop. Make sure you subscribe and listen to them. They're hilarious, and you'll learn something. Yes, I've learned many things and forgotten most of them. But still, <laughs> in the moment, I learned stuff. <laughs> you guys, check out the Action Park episode if you want a good way to get into the dollop. If you've never listened. Uh, look for the episode that's titled Action Park. It's about a, a theme park and all of the delightful uh, hijinks that went on around this theme park. It's a lot of yep. fun. Yep. 
A lot of action. <laughs> so thank you again, Gareth, and thank you all for joining us this week on Mox TV Talk, the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Mox TV Talk and find me on Facebook and Instagram at thosethings.com slash Mox TV Talk. New episodes are out Tuesdays, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or your favorite podcasting app, and please do leave a sweet review. Tune in next week when you'll hear Gareth Reynolds say... Do I say something? Please. <laughs> Wait, tune in next week when you hear me say what? Whatever you feel comfortable with. <laughs> I mean, I blew this so bad already. <laughs> oh, let's, let's pretend that I'm going to edit that bit out. Okay, alright, okay. Uh, all dogs go to heaven. Good night. Sha la la la. Ah, that's what I should have done.